Hey, welcome to New Hope Underground. We are back with a story of movement. I love these stories of movement because they're always about how is Jesus moving in our lives. And today we've got a, another great story. And what's really interesting is I think Troy Jansen's here with me. Hi, Troy. Hi, Darren. Troy's uh, Troy's goes to our Newton campus, New Hope Newton campus, and uh, uh, and he's still there, even though I Jonathan's am. there. Right. He's yeah. still there. <laughs> Give him a hard time. But uh, no, what was really cool about us connecting and talking about your story or wanting to do this on the podcast had to do with Noah when he came in and shared his story. Young guy. That was powerful. Yeah. Just turned 20 years old, dude. I mean, just it was an amazing, powerful story. If you haven't listened to to Noah Prosser's story, go back a couple episodes and check it out. You need to. But uh, Troy was just just how much you appreciated Noah's story. Absolutely. And so I asked you, I said, hey, I know you've got a story, so I'd love to hear yours too. And so right. he volu- graciously volunteered to come in and, and talk with me. So here we are, New Hope Underground. So Troy, tell us, I mean, you go to the Newton campus, how long you've yeah. been going to the Newton campus and tell us a little bit about your family maybe, that'd be cool. Yeah, we've been going to the Newton campus since they opened, I believe in March of 16. Uh, well, it's been open that long. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. I remember, you know, when all that's going down, I can't believe it's that long ago. Right. So 2016. Yep. My wife and I lived just south of Diedrich. So it was very, as far as the the commute was close. And yeah. when we found out about it, we were really excited. We started going and we really enjoyed it. Well, that's awesome. Now tell us a little bit about your family. I've got a wife, Micah. I've got a daughter, Mila, and a son, Trip. And they're my kids and my wife, they're kind of the... The driving factors behind all of this. Oh, that's awesome. How old are your kids? Mila's is going to be eight in May, and Trip just turned three in December. I remember you holding Mila just as a baby, you know? <laughs> yeah. Good and night. You, your daughter was doing music then. That's right. Yep. That's right. Yep. Holy cow. They grew, they grew too fast. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. They have to tell me twice, that's for sure. i got grandkids now. It's crazy. Yeah. But uh, that's fantastic. So uh, how long have you been married? Be 12 years in 12 July. Years. Yeah. Awesome, I had to think man. way too hard on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, we, do I need to edit this so you don't uh, get in trouble I, at I home? I think I'll be good. She's, she's pretty laid back. <laughs> That's good. That's good. She has to be laid back to be with you for 12 oh, years. 100%. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's good. Now, a lot of people locally will probably know your name, Jansen. Yes. Just because your advertising is everywhere. Yeah. I'm but on the I'm, radio. Yeah. But this is my first podcast. Yeah, it's your first podcast this is ever. My first podcast. Oh well, hey, I'm going to chalk that up on my board. Right, got you, got yeah. Troy Jansen for the first yeah. time on the exactly. podcast. But my dad started Jansen's Heating and Air Conditioning in Effingham back in 1987, so the same year I was born. Oh wow! Um, okay. I gave my mom a heart attack. They opened the doors in April, and I came in June. So. <laughs> oh man. Yep. You could say that guy had to work pretty hard, <laughs> right? And not get, hard. and not get sleep at the same exactly. time. Exactly. So. <laughs> Um, I took over in 22 with my brother. We are partners. Mom and dad have kind of stepped down. Uh, dad's still involved, you know, just kind of doing whatever he wants, but he's there. Hey, he deserves and, it. You know? Exactly. Work all those years. Yep. You get finally get to do what you want a little bit. Exactly. So, so you've been doing since 2022. Real, so it hasn't been that long. Yeah. No, yeah. not as far as ownership. Uh, however, he did make me general manager in 2016. So I did have some, some leadership responsibilities and helping grow the company and point it in the direction that he wanted it to go. And I ultimately agreed. Now I've heard your advertising, of course, yeah. you know, I, I listen to sports radio most of the time. So mm-hmm. I listen to, 
in the car. So I've heard your advertise. But is there a jingle? Do you guys have an actual jingle? You know, we don't. We don't have a jingle. Man, um, I need. I need to see. This is. I need to seize my moment here. Right. I need to make you a jingle. <clears throat> yeah, that would be Jansen's fun. jingle. That'd be so cool. Right. We we have a we have a mascot. Do you really, Doctor Comfort? Oh, that's right. Doctor Comfort yeah. is the mascot. The cartoon character. Did you guys even like teach classes at Lakeland or something? Was a Doctor Comfort yeah. course or something? My my dad was a professor for Lakeland. Uh, yeah. I want to say eight years. I remember that being before, on the radio as well. Yeah, before the, they cut the funding, uh, we actually did it at our office. We have a training center there, and he did it there hands on. And that was the only way he'd agree to it is that if it could be hands on training versus out of a book. And when they cut funding from wanting to use our facility, that's when he decided it wasn't for him anymore, when it was going to be out of the books. Oh, I, yeah. That, that's not really the best way to teach that kind of trade, right? Not for hours. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. it's a lot of hands-on. So you've been doing this quite a few years. I mean, growing up. In yeah, it. it's kind of humorous. I, I swore I would never work for my dad. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a, a story behind that as well. But, you know, I, I started working for him. I tried college. Um I didn't like college. I didn't go to very much college. Uh, I rodeo. Uh, still compete. Oh, really? Team rope, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Now we do it as a family because Micah does it as well. Oh, that's awesome. But I thought I was going to make a living with horses. Do you practice on the kids? <laughs> no, no, but Trip <laughs> tries to practice on us. So. Oh, does he? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's obsessed with it too. That's cool. Do you guys so, have horses then? Oh, yeah. yeah. We've got seven horses and a pony. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yep, 10 cows. So you got a full life, dude. Oh yeah, it's jam packed. Now, what was what was growing up like? I mean, uh, we your I mean, it sounds like you have got a solid family. Oh yeah, I've got yeah. great parents. I've got a great uh, the younger brother. Growing up, I grew up in Effingham. I went to Sacred Heart School. Uh, I grew up Catholic yeah. Yeah. and went to the Effingham High School. So, and well, so pretty solid through and through. And yeah, yeah, yep. What's well, cool? Now we invite you on. We invite you on here just to delve, delve a little bit more into the story yeah. that you have, because I think it's something you were you were wanting to share, because things have not always been, you know, as good as they are now. In not your even life. close. <laughs> no, no. I was actually. Uh, I don't know if I'd call it a downward spiral, but I was going the wrong direction. Hmm. Uh, I probably wasn't far from the downward spiral. Uh, I've been sober for a little over seven years. January twenty sixth. 2017, I chose to become completely sober, gave alcohol up to the fullest, and haven't touched it since. So alcoholism has been the the demon in your life. Oh, terribly. Yeah. Yep. When did, if you don't mind me asking, when did it kind of get started in a pretty young age, or yeah, and and how, you know, and why? I I shared a little bit of it at the marriage retreat that New Hope hosted. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fides invited us to talk there, and. It started, I actually had one of my high school teachers was in the audience, and he asked, you know, when did it start? And I would say high school, but not as much of a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely started in high school, you know, and I think the... Now, were you going to was, Dietrich or Effingham? No, I actually you? was going to Effingham Effingham High School, high school? Yep, okay. Yep, I grew up in Effingham. So you're a flaming heart? Or um, the- <laughs> yeah, yeah, a flaming heart. <laughs> Probably one of the funniest mascots around, yeah. but... <laughs> Yeah, I keep waiting for somebody dressed up like, is there a guy who dresses up like a heart and runs around? You know, I've never seen it. (laughs) (laughs) It needs to happen. Right. Okay. Sorry, interrupt. Oh, that's okay. But it started in high school. You know, I think part of it was, you know, it was was fun. It was social. It was interactive. And 
you know, as I got older and more access to it, it just started to take a little bit more of a hold and a little bit more of a hold and just continually got worse. And was it, it, I mean, sounding like you're coming from a solid family, it didn't yeah. seem like you were reacting to anything. Am, no. I, am I wrong or right no. or on that? I mean, as far as like run, trying to run away there or was, escape anything. No, there there wasn't that. Just it more just, about the party. Yeah. Yeah. It peer was, pressure uh, thing. It was, I have a very addictive personality. Mm-hmm. Um, I realize that as I am much older now than I was then. Um, and it just, as I got older, the, the accessibility of it was much easier. And I guess it wasn't frowned on as much. You know, mm-hmm. there was kind of a normalization with people that drank. But a lot of people didn't understand to the extent of how much I drank. So when did things kind of start getting, when did you get into deeper waters when it comes into, like how old were you? And is there any event or anything that took place that were you, where you kind of woke up and thought, man, you know, this I, is a lot worse than what I thought. I actually <laughs> quit once before I met my wife mm-hmm. um, and did that more just to hopefully take a little bit more control over it. It was never intended that I was going to quit and just give it up entirely at that point. Um, so Mike and I met and you know, I slowly started drinking a little bit here, a little bit there, but that kind of addictive personality took over and your brain plays funny tricks on you. And I believe even the devil was saying, you know, well, you had two, so you can have three and then mm-hmm. four and then mm-hmm. five. And it just keeps compounding. And before you know it, I've, I've got a daughter and, uh, she was, she was born in May of 16. So that would have put her at about seven months when I decided to quit. But all through that, you know, I was just making choices to not spend time with my wife or my daughter where I was Okay, so this, this poured over into your marriage. Yes. So yep. so how many years, I mean, from the time you started drinking till the time you were you became sober, how many years are we talking? Uh, from when I quit most recent yeah. in 2017. You know, I, I was... I got in trouble for drinking the week before I turned 15. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it started pretty early. Deep trouble. Mm. Mom and dad were not thrilled. They were not happy. I was, that whole summer was ruined. I bet. <laughs> um, as far as from a child's standpoint. But, but you didn't learn from it. <laughs> I didn't. You know, it's kind of that, yeah. you know, just, I wasn't very intelligent at that point. So. Just more but, interested in the weekend and what. Yeah. You know, and the drinking didn't become habitual at that point, you know, at that young of an age. But by the time I was 16, it was almost, uh, that's what we did on the weekends. Mm. Is we got together with friends and we drank. I had a, I had a good friend that <clears throat> started drinking at that age, about 14, he said. Mm-hmm. But he got started because his uh, parents were giving it to him. Yeah. My parents I found that amazing. Yeah, I found that amazing. As a parent, you know, yeah. you know, right. you're thinking too, like, what in the world? Right. That wasn't your case at all. It was no. just kind of outside influence. And mm-hmm. actually, as I was a little older, still living at home, uh, I put it. I've always had horses. I actually got a free refrigerator once on a, one of the jobs I was working for when I was working for my dad, and I put it in the barn. And my parents found out. Obviously, all it was in it was beer and. Oh, they wow. took the refrigerator and cut the cord off of it because they knew if I found the refrigerator, I was going to put it right back. So, wow, yeah. So they tried. They tried they to did. steer you away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why? Why did you stay with it? I mean, I'm just. I'm just curious. Like when you have parents, I think gonna, at that point, uh, I just enjoyed it. Yeah. The the you social said you were, life of it, and it became the, an addiction. I mean, it did absolutely. Yeah. 
it got worse as I got older. And, you know, it wasn't a lot of people were kind of the opposite. You know, they had a lot of fun with it through high school, maybe college, and then they grow up. I didn't find the growing up mark. Mm. And it just, it continually got worse. And it wasn't that I was going out. You know, there was times I might stop at a friend's house or, you know, I, I was going to a bow shop, a local archery shop, not far from the house at that point. And I would just visit with buddies there, guys coming in and out, you know, kind of into the same things that I was, you know, deer hunting and, you know, the outdoors. And, you know, the beer was my avenue to, it was my excuse to be there. It was a social thing. Yeah. But it just got, you just abu- end up abusing it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Priorities were upside down. It was terrible. Did you always, and I, I've heard this from other people who have said this, but did you, did you always have, at that age, did you always feel like, well, I'm, I'm still in control. So I can quit whenever I want. I did for a while. Uh, leading up to before I quit, you know, Micah and I had conversations and, you know, I'm humble enough to admit, you know, I would be crying. I would be, you know, I would, I was buzzed. Obviously I was drinking almost every day, mm-hmm. uh, different amounts every day. You know, it wasn't where I just had to drink a certain amount. You know, there might be nights where I had a few, there were nights I didn't have as many. And I would tell her, you know, you, you want me to quit. You know, it's that guilty conscience. And, you know, I would, I would essentially admit to her that I didn't feel like I had control anymore. Like it had control over me. Mm. And this would have been probably early fall of 16. You know, so Mila, Mila was a very small right. baby. So you're, new, you're newly married. Uh-huh. Four, new year, four years married and I've got a baby. And, you know, I was having these. We, we had started going to church in March. Mm-hmm. of 16 and there were just a lot of things that i was experiencing that i'd never experienced i was having guilty consciences you know i would be driving home from a friend's house or even i might just be piddling out in the barn but i was drinking and not hanging out with my wife and my child and you know i i can remember vividly uh, a night driving home thinking what in the heck am i doing mm. i have a i have a beautiful wife at home I have a, a healthy little girl. Why am I not at home with them? Mm-hmm. And it just kind of, I kept having those. Like they did, they weren't going away. And But we it, didn't, it didn't change your behavior though. Not yet. At first. Not yet. Yeah. Um, and even the one that kind of pushed me, I won't say over the edge because it didn't get me to quit yet, but Tyler gave a message on a Sunday about shadow missions. Mm-hmm. And we left church and you know, that guilt was hitting me again. And I told my wife, I said, I bet you think drinking's my shadow mission, don't you? Mm -hmm. And you know, she just kind of laughed it off, but uh, she agreed, you know, she wasn't going to tell me no. And it was getting to a point where it wasn't getting better, but I had those, you know, my wife knew I wanted to quit, but she couldn't figure out how to kind of push me over the edge. So I guess stubborn of a person as I am, I wouldn't make that call to just do it. Um, So it led to, I actually quit on a Thursday morning, Um, but Wednesday night I got home late and Mike actually kissed me Thursday morning before I left for work and could still taste alcohol, smell alcohol on my breath. Mm. So uh, she didn't share this with me for several years after I quit, but she actually called my mom and said, I think if we want Troy to quit, today's the day it needs to happen. Mm. And, you know, I'm this part almost gets me choked up just because of that. Uh, but mom met me at work, said, you need to get in my office now. And she told me, she said, what are you doing? She said, your dad and I aren't going to sell you this company. 
with you acting like this. Mm. And it's not that I was creating a bad image, but how long until I did? You know, like she said, she goes, I understand you're not going out, you're not acting like an idiot, but you're driving. You know, it's not like you're always at home. You're on the road to some destruction. Yes. Yes. Mm. And, you know, she told me, she said, you've got to quit. You've got a wife at home that, you know, loves you, but she doesn't want to live this way the rest of her life. And you've got a daughter that's going to need a father. And you're not, you're not being that. And, you know, I broke down, I got very emotional and I said, well, I'll quit. I'll quit right now. I won't ever touch it again. And I, I can remember texting my wife right then and there and, I told her, I said, I don't want any beer at home when I get there. I said, dump it all out, throw it away. I said, I'm done. Mm. And that was that. What was the date? January 26th, I knew 2017. You, I knew you remember it. I do remember that mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And you haven't touched it since? Not a drop. How do you think, I mean, I, mean, I know you said you listened to a sermon at church, but how did your relationship with Jesus fit into all this? I mean, you know, like I said, I grew up Catholic. I, I've always believed. Uh, I, I never once felt like I did not believe in Jesus. But I did not, even growing up, I don't feel like I ever had a good relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would pray some. I would go to church on Sundays. And, you know, a lot of that was forced. <laughs> you know, I didn't necessarily mm-hmm. want to go as a kid. It was very religious. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, as I started going to New Hope, it there there was just... There was a message there that I felt like maybe I didn't get a nugget from it every single Sunday, but I was bringing pieces back mm. after each explanation of the the Bible. You know, it was being broke down by you, by Tyler, by Jonathan, by Van, and there were so many of those stories that I would leave there, and I just it was a sense of guilt being placed on me, like I'm making the wrong decisions. I'm not, you mm. know. Jesus doesn't want this for me. You know, he loves me even though I've, I've messed up time and time again and I continue choosing to do it. That's not what he wants for me. And it, it, it took that extra push from obviously my, my wife ultimately to call my mom because my mom did have the nerve to, yeah. you know, say the things not, that needed not, to be Not said afraid to say No, it. she wasn't scared of me. I mean, heck, she cut the cord off the refrigerator. Right. I mean, <laughs> she, she was trying these yeah. things, but it's, I'm such a stubborn person. I think they... None of them knew what to do. But I think Micah finally believed that it, there was enough there inside of me from what we were getting from church and the conversations her and I would have that she felt my mom could get me to, you know, take that next step. She didn't want to do it because she didn't right. want to take a chance of me saying no and then creating a fight. Right. So she chose to have my mom do it, which, you know, looking back, I... I I don't know how that would have went. I think I was at a point, even had she asked, I think if she'd have pushed, I'd have jumped. I think I'd have made the same decision. It's kind of like the Lord was already working on you before he was. the intervention and, ever and happened. That's the craziest part of so many people ask, like, did you have trouble afterwards? And I didn't. I, I not once did I, you know, I, I would go into a gas station where you could buy alcohol. I had no desire. I could still go out with friends. Um, you know, my wife had already planned a big 30th birthday party for me. And, you know, some of my friends were there. And, you know, some people did drink. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't care. It, it didn't bother me, and it hasn't bothered me since. You know, my wife refrained from it. She's the type, she may enjoy a drink, you know, a glass of wine here and there. But, you know, she refrained from it for probably the first year. 
Uh, now it doesn't matter. I've got some of my best friends. They're they're responsible with it. They can have a drink and be done, mm-hmm. and I can be around it. It doesn't affect me whatsoever. Wow, you know, never, it's it's really unusual, isn't it? Don't you think? Because most people I talk to struggle with addiction. That's not the not the story. Like it's not one and done kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like right. And I, even it was interesting because we're talking uh, talking about Noah's story, and right. <clears throat> young guy. But he has this encounter with God, and it's over. I mean, it's like he just changes in one day. Yes. It's like Saul on the road to Damascus kind of thing. Right. Got blinded, and boom, and I'm I, converted. I truly think that because I didn't have any tr- trouble, I think it was God prepping me for it, you know, essentially the almost a year before that. What is it? One thing that interests me, and I don't know if you have an answer to this, and if you don't, it's okay. Uh, but I'm just curious. Do you have any kind of um, experience? Can, can you talk about any experience that you might have had with your wife or family? Maybe they didn't say anything directly, but you just knew something was wrong. I mean, the, oh, yeah. the, what, what kind of, let's put it this way, what kind of uh, bad stuff was sown because of your alcoholism that was starting to come back? And in, in simple terms, I could be a jerk. Hmm. And it wasn't, you know, people will still, you know, now that we're so far into it, people ask a lot more questions. Mm. You know, when it was new, people didn't ask a whole lot because it's like, oh, we just quit. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to create anything, you know, any bad things there. And now people ask, and my wife will be the first to tell you, 90% of the time I was a ton of fun. Mm. But that 10% was enough to make that 90% be forgotten. Mm. And it wasn't ever physical. But it was with my words. I could just be a jerk. And not just to her. You know, I was the same way with friends, family. So well, it's It really isn't amazing then why the devil would use that kind of tool. Oh, yeah. Because it changes people. He had his, he had a hold of me. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Well, what, uh, what, do you say, what would you say now? You know, and here's the thing. I know, and you and I talked briefly about this, but I, I think it's good to say on the podcast. When things have been overcome in your life, even as miraculously in a way that yours has been, have you, you know, been able to overcome uh, this? And and in a lot of ways, people say, well, I never really overcome it. You know, you got to keep your mindset. I'm always an alcoholic, you know, always keep that mindset. I think that's, I think that's a very humble approach Mm -hmm. Um, because it's not that we don't trust God, it's that we don't trust ourselves. And we are aware of that. You know, I think that's a humble approach. But I was just kind of curious, like, I uh, I think it's good for people to hear this. I mean, surely people who are struggling with addictions right now that are not having an easy way out, you know, they've been praying or they've been talking to people or and they just can't seem to get over that. Yeah, they don't have that day, like January 27th? 26. 26, thank you. 2017. Yeah, of That's 2017. Where That's where I yep. got the seven. They don't have the January 26th of 2017 right. day where they're just done. You know, what do you what do you say to them? Surely some of the people have probably asked you and talked to you because they probably see that in you and they want that. Mm-hmm. You know? I've had several people that have reached out, wanted to know how I did it. Um, and some have quit and been successful. Others have reached out that didn't reach out to me originally, but had quit themselves and they've relapsed. And that's the toughest part I struggle to answer because I I never relapsed. 
I never had the desire, you know, and, and part of it is my stubbornness, but the biggest part of it is God. God mm. gave me the strength to do this. Mm. He doesn't want me to fail, and I know that. But for the people that have relapsed, wanting a, a solid answer, I, I don't know what that is other than to don't give up. You know, I quit once before, and I probably should have stuck with it, and I chose not to. And it led me down a worse path than what I was on originally. Mm. And, you know, thankfully my relationship was built with Jesus. And I, I truly believe he's the one that gave me the strength to do this. And you've got to have that support. It, you know, Jesus has got to be number one. But outside of that, you have to have people around you that support you. No, that's that's good. It's And it's hard, like, speaking to people's... I mean, I... Obviously, as you can imagine, I get a lot of people to talk to me, you know, right. about what's going on. And I feel I hurt for them, yeah. you know, and I don't know what to say all the time. But the Bible says, you know, that if the Holy Spirit's in our life, he'll tell us what to say, when to say it. And I kind of trust that, I hope, you know, but yeah. at the same time, sometimes the answers aren't always um, obvious. You know, like, and, and it, sometimes it takes a lot of wrestling mm-hmm. people to do before before they actually start to see any sort of light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. Right. And you feel bad about that because maybe that wasn't your experience, but it's definitely theirs, you know, so. But that that's good. I appreciate you sharing that. I think that um, one thing I, I want to ask you is this, and this, this may be a hard question. I really want you to think about it. What's your addiction now? Silence. Dead air. Yeah. I can think of one right off the top of my head. Um, I, I still use tobacco. That would mm-hmm. definitely be what popped in my head first. So there's, there's still, because you said you're addictive personality. Mm-hmm. I didn't say that. I didn't ask you that to embarrass you or anything. No, that's fine. I was just, because I, I think that uh, sometimes when one thing's conquered, there's, so, there's always something in our life, isn't there? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, my, I've, believe me, my addictions are more food-oriented. Right. Yeah, I have some of <laughs> that good. as well. I've, I've worked hard, uh, you know, trying to curb that, but tobacco is what popped in my head first. But it, do you feel like it has the same, I mean, does it run in your life kind of no. thing? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's the thing is like, I, I, I think there's a lot of things God gives us that aren't necessarily evil or, or bad, but we we are the ones that turn into evil. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. You know, we, we tend to make things idols and we also tend to, to make things affect us, let things affect us in a way that ends up destroying us or our family. Right. That God never, you know, never intended. Right. What is your, uh, uh, what is your prayer for, uh, put it this way. What is your prayer for people that are just really hurting with, with addiction? That they can find the strengths from God mm. and put that to work in their life to where they can overcome it. Mm. How, what's, this, what's one step that they can take to start doing that? If they don't already have a relationship, to get that relationship. Mm. Start praying, find a church, and, and plug in with somebody at that church that you confide in. You know, and we we picked on Jonathan at the beginning, but I clicked with Jonathan very early. Awesome, yeah. He was a great support system there. Yeah, he told me if you get off track, he's going to beat you up. Yeah, he, he probably will. <laughs> he's, he's bigger than I am, and I'm pretty big. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> I know you guys going at it would be kind of a fun thing yeah, to watch. I don't know. I don't know how much. It might be fun to watch. I don't know that it'd be fun <laughs> to be involved in. Well, not in the melee, huh? <laughs> right. No, that's awesome. I know he's been a big support for you, and that's fantastic. Yep. And uh, it's just awesome to have a church family, isn't it? Yes. I mean, there's yeah. And Newton has been just, it's been a blessing, not only for me, but my family. Because I, I, you know, mom thinks I'd have quit regardless. I, I don't know that I'd have been able to do it had I not got plugged back in. Mm. Mm. Because with, it was the, you know, I don't know, convictions or guilty consciences, whatever you want to call them, but they were there. And they weren't there before we started going back to church. Because mm. we had tried some different churches, and you know, between from the time we got married to 16, you know, we hadn't completely unplugged and, we just couldn't find one that we liked. You know, we would we had gone to Effingham uh, campus, but when we went, we didn't feel like it, it was so large. And we were coming from a country church that we'd tried, and uh, we there wasn't an immediate relationship. And shame on us for not continuing to go, because I, I've met so many people from the Effingham campus now. And, but we tried different things, never did find one that we felt both of us enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when... The New Hope was opening. I, I can remember my wife telling me about it. I was excited, you know, because I did enjoy going to the Effingham campus, but we just chose not to keep driving to Effingham every Sunday. Well, it's closer and yeah. it's a little smaller. I mean, in yes. the regards of, like, you either know everybody. and Right. Yeah. Yep. I think there's a lot of advantages of a small church. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of it, you know, so cool. And I think that someone, someone told me once, or, your church is only as big as it is small. What? What they meant was, you can still have a lot of relationships if you focus on being smaller, even if you're bigger in attendance. Right. But uh, part of this multi-site thing is is trying to do that. We're trying to spread ourselves out a little bit. Right. You know, we're interested in those relationships, yeah. and uh, um, that um, can be done at any campus and any church of any size. It's just you got to start thinking that way. <laughs> yeah. I'm forever grateful that they opened up in Newton. So that is awesome to hear, man. Well, that's that's really cool. I really appreciate your story, man. Yeah, appreciate you being uh, transparent with with me today. And I think it's I think it's uh, very important as people are listening. In, in, in the, I think a majority of people that probably listen to our podcast are New Hope people, church right. people. But I hope that you, a listener, are encouraged uh, by uh, the story of of movement, God working in Troy's life and his family's life, and Micah and their two little ones, and just be praying for them. You know, praying for because, you know, our we all are struggling with something or other. But, uh, that's for sure. We don't want those things to take the place of God. You know, and can we? Can God give us the discipline uh, to uh, to get th- get through those struggles and still make sure that He stays number one in our life? Um, we, we desperately need that together, we need, and that's why we need each other so so desperately. Uh, one last thing in. It, it, and I'm putting you on the spot, man. I know this, and uh, so I'm just, but I am going to ask this if you don't mind, because I've I've asked this to several people that I've done uh, test, have done have given us testimonies. If you would just say a quick prayer, do you mind? Just a quick prayer, and I'll, I'll, I just like love for you just to pray for anybody else that's listening that might be really, you know, really hurting mm-hmm. that they might find peace and strength, like you said, yeah. with God. Just pray what you were wanting. The prayer I said you had for people. If you would pray that over them, we'll kind of close out our podcast with that. Is that okay? Yeah. Awesome. I'll Thanks for that. Appreciate it. And that, 
Don't worry, man. No special words. Just save from the heart. Okay. God, please give everyone out there listening to this the strength that they need Mm -hmm. to continue to build those relationships with you. And the ones that have the addictions, whether it be drugs, alcohol, or anything else they're struggling with that is taking them away from you, Mm. please give them the strength and the faith to come back and build those relationships and make them as strong as they can and place your hands on them and let them know that you've got their back, whether they fail, whether they succeed, that you're still there. All we have to do is ask for forgiveness. Please be with all of us and continue to help us build those relationships, not only with you, but with those around us. Hmm. Amen. Amen. Jesus name. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Troy. That was awesome prayer. Really? I tell you what, one thing I want to leave us with before, before we go is this, is that what I love what Troy was saying a little bit earlier is that it's so desperately important that we get out of religion and into Jesus. There's a big difference. Mm Mm-hmm. One one thing one side of it is people who are in love with the things of God. The other side is when people who are in love with God. Right. There's a difference, isn't there? Big difference. And you've noticed that difference in your yes. life, Troy. Yes. So I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Hey, have a good uh, good time, listeners, and we'll hope we'll hope to have you back here real quick on New Hope Underground.